Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is Reed Christofferson. He's the Executive Director of the South Dakota Wheat Commission. We'll hear from him after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Reed Christofferson, the executive director of the South Dakota Wheat Commission. Well, we're into November, Reed, and harvest for the most part, uh, wrapped up, wheat harvest anyway. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, you heard as far as some spring wheat and winter wheat yields for our, our South Dakota farmers this this past year. Well, I think in spite of the, uh, the difficult conditions that we had for moisture this past year, uh, we were probably quite surprised with uh, really how good the, uh, the wheat harvest was. Uh, South Dakota is about half hard red winter wheat, half hard red spring. And of course, that uh, winter wheat harvested a little earlier, kind of started probably right after the 4th of July and some of those 108 degree days. Um, in spite of the the low moisture, I think we were surprised at the, the yields that came off. And uh, we averaged uh, about 52 bushels an acre this year on the winter wheat crop, which was 14 more bushels per acre than a year ago at this time. The uh, the crop was good quality. The millers, I think, have been very uh, favorable to it. In fact, uh, you know, looking at the current spot prices and basis, uh, winter wheat uh, is even a little bit higher demand than the uh, spring wheat at the moment. On the spring wheat side, uh, we probably were more influenced by the uh, the dry conditions, and uh, that probably influenced uh, some crop being taken for forage. Certainly, uh, probably diminished some acres that might have been planted to spring wheat, but uh, we still averaged 48 bushels per acre, uh, which was 19 more than a year ago. So uh, that was uh, very uh, warmly received, and especially as we saw the uh, increase in spring wheat prices. Did uh, run into a little bit of quality issue on some of the spring wheat in the central part of the state with some ergot, but uh, I think we worked through that, and uh, farmers have been able to kind of continue to clean that crop, and it'll go to market yet at some point. So overall, I think it uh, was a uh, better-than-average type of a year, and uh, now we anxiously await uh, what's ahead of us for uh, 2023. Are you hearing any indicators as far as winter wheat planting as we move from 2022 into 23? I know last year there was a lot of concern. The snow cover wasn't there. Uh, you know, it, that made winter hard on uh, the winter wheat crop in a lot of a lot of the states. Any indications what what farmers are doing for, for this coming winter? Well, I think they've proceeded very cautiously uh, going into this year. And of course, that uh, spring wheat crop, or excuse me, the, uh, the winter wheat crop going in in the fall of the year, typically uh, mid-September to mid-October. And uh, we were, of course, really watching some uh, very dry conditions at that time, and uh, which certainly uh, continue now with over about 85% of the state uh, either short or very short on subsoil and topsoil moisture. So 
the uh, the crop might have gotten planted a little bit later, and uh, consequently, we're still seeing a little slower emergence. The uh, last USDA NAS report showing only 75% of that crop emerged compared to a more typical 90% plus in other years. Um, I think some of that uh, was due to that it was planted later. Producers were waiting to see if we had some moisture. The early crop that went in, the first uh, quality report that came out, we were at 35% good, excellent. I think now is that later planted crop uh, struggling with that moisture. Uh, we're now seeing reports of 26% good, excellent, uh, with actually zero in the excellent category. So uh, it has been downgraded a little bit onto the the condition of that crop, but uh, we're just starting out the uh, winter. Um, and of course, the old uh, adage of needing to kill it nine times before uh, we harvest it next summer. So we'll uh, we'll see where we progress, and uh, certainly uh, some good snow would be welcomed. Even the uh, the current conditions uh, with the ground still thawed, perhaps we'll get some of that moisture into the ground on top of that crop. What's the major market for wheat grown in South Dakota? Are we selling internationally? Are we selling uh, uh, to people making breads or pastas or uh, some sort of other products? So where where's our target market for the most part for South Dakota wheat? Well, of course, winter wheat predominantly looked at as a bread wheat. And uh, we uh, work, of course, in conjunction with the other hard red winter wheat states uh, from South Dakota down through uh, Texas. Uh, and uh, then the spring wheat uh, more probably uh, being mixed with the uh, Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota spring wheat crops going more to a, a denser type of a, a flour product. Uh, we can think of pizza dough sometimes bagels, some uh, pastas. And um, so with that, uh, you know, we are in the big picture. I just returned from uh, Salt Lake City from the, uh, the fall meeting of the U.S. Wheat Associates, of which South Dakota Wheat Commission is a participating member, where we were looking at the uh, the export market. Now, a lot of the wheat from South Dakota, unfortunately, it all has to leave the state. We don't have any large-scale processing. We are blessed with some developing uh, smaller uh, home milling, farm milling types of operations, and we look forward to their expansion. But for the most part, as our rail moves to the east, and as it was designed in the 1800s, you know, we're kind of carrying our wheat probably towards that uh, Minneapolis, that Chicago type of market, and probably largely feeding the domestic mills. But if uh, North Dakota doesn't have an export market for their spring wheat, and if Kansas doesn't have an export market for their winter wheat, uh, then of course it affects everybody. So rising tide raises all ships. That's certainly true when it comes to the wheat markets. Um, so even though we might predominantly go domestic, uh, we are totally influenced by the other global market. I remember hearing South Dakota wheat producers getting a little premium because of the the protein and the the quality of their wheat. Is that something that still frequently happens here in South Dakota wheat, or is that just genetics and the seeds have come along so that they've matured and now those types of, of nutrients and advantages are, are pretty normal in our wheat now? Well, we actually watch that very close, and uh, all of the wheat that is sold in South Dakota is sold on a protein scale. 
So we're looking for a target of 12% protein on a winter wheat and 14% on a uh, spring wheat. Uh, and there are years where there may be a premium paid uh, when there is a protein in excess of that. And of course, there are times when there is a, a discount when the proteins come in lower. What kind of affects the the protein market more than ever is uh, the winter wheat down in the southern states. Uh, they have a little different growing regime than what we do. They will plant that wheat. Uh, they typically have not put a lot of fertilizer in it into the fall. They will graze that winter wheat throughout the winter then make a determination of whether it's going to go for forage or whether it's going to continue as a uh, grain uh, cash market, uh, adding some fertilizer at that time. Um, so they have not typically fertilized heavily in the southern states, and they've also not been uh, tested or evaluated on protein because they were the first ones to the market. Uh, it basically went as par, uh, even if it might be low on protein. So in those years where they had low protein, uh, the uh, the millers uh, actively sought out the uh, the wheat that was fertilized and was produced for production up in the uh, the northern plains, and they were willing to pay a premium for that to bring it in to improve the quality of that southern wheat. Over time, the uh, the southern producers have started to uh, fertilize more heavily, and uh, many of those southern states are also starting to see those elevators shift to a protein buying scale as well. So in a year where everyone has protein, then the, uh, the scale, unfortunately, as it is this year, uh, does not pay much of a premium on either the spring or the winter wheat. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Anything else that is on your uh, radar as far as wheat in South Dakota or nationally or globally that you want to mention? Well, I've got you on the line today, Reed. Well, certainly when we look at the uh, the opportunities for wheat, uh, we continue to stress the fact that uh, as producers are looking at their rotation and as they're looking at these extremely dry years, wheat has a definite advantage in that crop rotation. Visiting with producers in the, the Gettysburg region, and they were seeing their highest corn yields in spite of these desperately low moistures uh, coming off of those uh, one or two years uh, wheat stubble. So tremendous carryover advantage for the quality of that soil, for some moisture retention, for the residual protein, and uh, really you encourage a producer to look very hard at, uh, if not in every other year, perhaps maybe once every three years of a rotation in with uh, some type of a legume or a corn crop or sorghum or something uh, to, uh, to again continue to work on those advantages of a cereal grain root system. As always, uh, if folks want to learn more information about uh, wheat in South Dakota, one way they can do that is at the annual Ag Horizons Conference. Uh, when is that and where is that? Well, it's just around the corner, uh, predominantly sponsored by our grower uh, partner organization, South Dakota Wheat Growers Association, formerly known as Wheat Incorporated. 
but it will be on the uh, Tuesday, uh, November 29th, and Wednesday, November 30th at the Ramcota River Center in Pier. Information is out there. Registrations are open. Karen Osman, Executive Director of the Wheat Growers Association, once again has put together a nice lineup of speakers representing many different commodity organizations that participate in this conference, and, and then also the the larger picture terms and economics and other concerns that are facing us. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.